Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. And all the Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast Love the Graps. My name's Chris. I'm on the line with Alan. Acha. There's Alan. And this is a podcast where we talk about wrestling. Yeah. Um, I can't believe how much um, I've managed to pretend that I've perked up since I hit record. Right. <laughs> it's it's a tough time, mate. Like you know, we we can't reiterate anymore that these are not normal times. No, no. And and if you do not feel normal, <laughs> then that is that is in itself perfectly normal like we just had a we just had a little chat as we as we are wont to do because we are humans in real life we had a little chat before before recording and it was very somber in tone yeah (laughs) and um very grim um for for a number of different reasons we won't go into here because that's not really what we do Uh, but yeah (laughs) i just i just was like Oh wait a minute! I've got to do that that um, intro noise thing that I do. <laughs> well, I mean, like if nothing else, this podcast should be an escape from the real world. Yeah, uh, there's, there's nothing real world in this podcast. Even when we we go on our adventures, um, do you remember in the before times when we used to go to other towns? I do remember that. Yeah, uh, and meet other people. Um, even the things that we got up to then, like going to Wimpy and uh, drinking a cheese tea. That's yeah. not normal. That's not regular everyday no, stuff. We, we put ourselves, you know, we put ourselves in wacky situations. Yeah, that uh, is why that we're we're not a wrestling podcast. Uh, and Chris, I've got an update about the wrestling podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. So I checked the UK wrestling podcast chart again. Okay. There are now 183. Okay, uh, that's a lot. Podcasts on the chart. We're still not in it. Yeah. Um, so is that because you've still not changed the algorithm? No, no, I've still not changed the the category. Um, but I think it is alarming that in the last couple of weeks since you previously checked, <laughs> thirty more wrestling podcasts have popped up. Yeah. Uh, but there were a couple, you know, there are a couple of people on our Facebook group that have started podcasts recently. And do you know what? Get out, get out the game, <laughs> all right? You're not in, in, welcome here. Well, when we're not in wartime, we mm. wouldn't allow this kind of thing on the group. It would be like, no, start your own group. Well, no, don't start your own group because you might nick the people out of our group. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but while this is going on, we're 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 happy to encourage this. But yeah, it is it is a bit weird that um, I mean, as we know, because we're not in the chart, mm. uh, there there are more than 183 wrestling podcasts yeah there are 183 um, properly categorized wrestling podcasts yeah which is just frightening that's a lot of opinion yeah yeah i mean that's more opinion than the world can can bear really yeah lots and lots of white men talking about the wrestling yeah oh boy um in my uh my latest zine which is out today 
as people may uh, already have, have brought an issue. Um, one, I, I like to sort of big up people that uh, do good things. And um, I think this issue, I've mentioned the Ogdens and their Graps and Clap uh, podcast. And in that, I've mentioned that as they are two white men uh, over the age of 30, they mm. do, of course, have a podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is a collective noun for white men over the age of 30. Yes. A podcast, podcast. of men. Yeah. Um, I saw um, the uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestler, um, Kamifuku, earlier. She uh, mentioned that she was on her first English language podcast, um, which is called Joshi Pod, but she called it Joshi Pot. And I like the idea of a podcast. I don't know what a podcast would be. Well, um, I mean, there's almost I do like the idea. There's almost definitely a pro weed podcast called the Podcast. Oh yeah, well, I mean, uh, Kevin Gill, the GCW commentator, he's he's got a um, a, a pro weed podcast where he's just talking to wrestlers about weed. At the right. Yeah. yeah. He's a juggalo. It might not surprise you to. to oh God. Yeah. You and your juggalos. Well, Colt Cabana was uh, on AEW Dynamite this week wearing a, a juggalo uh, basketball shirt. Well, I um, I watched an episode of the Chris Gethard show from 2012 yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and Colt Cabana was on that. And he mentioned right. wrestling for juggalo, Insane Clown Posse's juggalo championship wrestling. He loves it. Uh, there you go. That's, yeah. that's eight years ago. He used to do a character called Officer Colt Cabana. I remember who, who was a policeman who didn't want anybody to have any fun. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. How strange. Good idea for a wrestling gimmick. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've been watching some wrestling. Yeah. Well, let's let's put let's put the record straight. Let's get this out there out front. Okay. Um, this is our second attempt at recording this particular podcast on this yeah. subject because um we did record um a podcast that was about an hour and a half long on monday but the audio quality if you can believe it the audio quality was bad enough for me to not want to put it out on the internet <laughs> so just imagine um but you could hear me fine not a problem but alan just sounded like a robot yeah, yeah and and as i come up with all the good stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I mean, it, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one of the best. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've got to let Alan get all his quips in. That's yeah. what you'll tune in for, isn't it? Alan's I quips. I don't stay up all night writing jokes uh, to, to have them not be heard. Or no. be heard in a robotic voice. Yeah, well, or, or yeah, or not heard at all. Because it, yeah. it fluctuated between the two. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, we, we'll try and recreate that magic. We've done it before. Yeah, we have. Um, so uh, bear with us. Uh, was it Ring of Honor that we had to do it for? Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first Ring of Honor show when we were doing yeah. doing those episodes. Yeah, and we've done a few of our late night ones when it hasn't recorded on the way home, um, and yeah. a couple where we've just we just and by we I mean me um, I've just got too offensive. Um, and we've just had to uh, to re-record the whole thing um, with with less uh, 
filthy blue humour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when Alan says he's been writing jokes, what he means is that he's been stealing Bernard Manning's jokes. Um, and Roy Chubby well, Brown. I mean, and and Jim Davidson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, well, we know, we know that you are blacked up right now. Yes. Um, thank goodness to the audio media. Do, do you remember that time that um, Jim Davidson refused to perform because there was a disabled person in the front I row? Do, yeah, that's when he, after that, the, the Derngate in Northampton refused to book him. Yeah. yeah. He, he should have taken a page out of Alex Shane's book and just, just used uh, anti uh, disability language and then have to apologise to their face after the show. Yeah. Yeah, he should have done that. Yeah, he should have done that. <laughs> So I made you watch some wrestling, didn't I? Well, yeah. I mean, I watched more than you required of me. Yeah. Um, I went above and beyond. Um, oh, space uh, above and beyond. But yes, I did. I did, I did watch some wrestling this week. Um, I watched one whole wrestling show and I watched another documentary about wrestling. I mean, these documentaries are really getting us through. I don't know what's going to happen. There's, there's one more next week. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to watch that um, because it it would it's going to be it's going to be a, a hard watch. Mm. Um, what are we going to do after that? We're going to have to find obscure documentaries. Perhaps we should make our own documentaries. No. Okay. No, no, because then you have see, to see how easily I'm dissuaded from doing it. Also, like I don't know whether I've got the stomach to edit soft focus footage of you naked. <laughs> in cowboy boots there was a lot of that in what yeah. we watched well should, should we start with there was should we start lot. with the show or should we start with the documentary well let's start with the documentary seeing okay. as we've started talking about it already yeah. um so we watched um the uh continuation of the vice darkest side of the dark side of the ring it's not the yeah darkest. it's not the darkest side yeah, I always say that. Um, yeah. Dark Side of the Ring series, um, season two. Um, and we were watching uh, the story of the UWF, Herb Abrams UWF. Um, I don't know what the title of the documentary was this week. Um, oh, it was like Cocaine and Cowboy Boots, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, and, and that pretty much summed it up. <sighs> it did. Yeah, I mean, did you know a lot about it, this? It didn't. No, not really. No, no. I, I, you know, I knew that like UWF was a promotion that tried to fill a gap in the early 90s. um, But I didn't know very much about it, really. Um, Because when I when I first got into kind of wrestling fandom, um, the wrestling was was in the shitter at the the time. So we we did tend to look to the past um, quite a lot. So this kind of stuff was our bread and butter. But even though I knew a lot of the stuff that had happened, there was still a lot of new stuff in this mm. that I didn't know. Um, so it's basically the story of a guy called uh, Herb Abrams, um, who had a bit of money, uh, seemingly from um, from owning a shop called I'm a Big Girl Now. Yeah. Which, um, when they said that, I was ready for some kind of fetish type thing. But no, it's just a shop for, for plus-size women. Uh, yeah, given yeah. Ni- nice dresses because apparently well, plus size women couldn't get nice dresses. At I the mean, time, we're which... assuming it was it was plus size women. Like they were, it wasn't cl- completely explicit. It could have been for men who like to wear 
wear women's clothing. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think they did say it was for big women. But okay. Um, so yeah, he he somehow um, managed to uh, find his way into the wrestling business and used up a lot of the money that he'd earned from this shop, um, putting on his own series of wrestling shows, um, a series of TV tapings and two um, particularly terrible pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was, um, I think, when did it start? Like 90? 1990? 1990, yeah. Um, and kind of it was, it was kind of marked by ha- actually having a roster made up primarily of big WWF stars um, or big former WWF stars at the time. Um, People like your Paul Orndorff, your um, Captain Lou Albano was there. Uh, Who else was on there? Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Snooker. Yeah. Volkoff Uh, Backland. Yeah, um, you know, and Bruce and people like Cactus Jack Manson. Yeah, yeah, kind of um, kind of pre WCW. Well, it was kind of he'd been in uh, the NWA as it was. Yeah, um, and Ollie Anderson really didn't get him. Yeah, um, so they'd kind of let him go. Um, so this was kind of between slots in, yeah. in NWA WCW as it was. Yeah, Brian um, Blair. He was another one. Yeah, B, B. Brian Blair. Yeah, the other, the other B. Jim Brunzel. He was there as well, but um, he passed away a couple of years ago, so um, he he obviously couldn't be on the documentary. So they they more or less mentioned B. Brian Blair on his own, um, and then uh, two guys who really didn't have any success anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stevie Ray, uh, not um, Booker T's uh, brother. No. Um, uh, a white man called Stevie Ray uh, with a wonderful haircut and uh, Sunny Beach. Sun, um, Sunny Beach, yes. Yeah. Um, not Sandy Beach, the North uh, Northwest professional wrestler. No. Um, Sunny Beach. Um, and they were kind of featured quite prominently because they were interviewed. So, yeah. um, so that was nice. Also, uh, I think um, Sunny Beach worked in the office as well. Right, okay. Yeah, and there was a manager fella that was um, shown a lot, wasn't there? Yeah, Mr. Black. The the colonel. Yeah. Um, One of the many wrestling colonels. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who had the most extreme haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was was a character. He seemed like he was, like, good friends with Herb Abrams. He was, like, one of his... um, one of his one of his faves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, so this was basically here you go. Yeah, this basically the story of of Herb Abrams' attempt to to rival the WWF at the time, yeah. um, and it was partly that. But the the main crux of the story was that Herb Abrams was really into hookers and cocaine. Yeah. Um, and we got many, many reconstructions of piles of cocaine, um, stories about Herb doing cocaine, uh, stiffing people on payments um, and uh, turning up with hookers. Um, Herb Abrams was was married throughout this and yeah. his wife was a was a big part of the UWF. That wasn't mentioned 
um, so much on this show. Um, if anyone is interested in, in going into this in, in any more depth, um, the Between the Sheets podcast uh, did a six hour uh, podcast, two, three hour parts. It wasn't just one um, six hour bit, just basically going through the history of, of UWF week by week. And it's recommended listening. Um, but yeah, what a story. What an, what an absolute joy of a story. I mean, the, the wrestling story of the 1980s, um, as some people might have guessed from watching the, the David Schultz one the week before, is pretty much indistinguishable from, from cocaine. Mm. Um, and this, this really showed it. Yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was kind of like what you would consider to be the archetypal wrestling promoter story, I think. Yep. Um, somebody. I mean, you're you're a wrestling promoter. Is this your story? I mean, not really. But you know, if we if you wanted to tell a story, this would be the one that you would be trying to tell. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody out of their debt financially. Um, you know, promising to pay people that they couldn't pay, getting fucked up on cocaine. Um, you know, it's kind of like the extreme version of a story that we've seen told a million times. Yeah. Um, there was a funny, there was a funny sort of wrinkle at one point where they were like, yeah, he wasn't paying anyone, but also he still had loads of money. Yeah. Two bank accounts. Yeah. They were like, he's got two bank accounts and he would get somebody to ring up his one bank account to confirm that there were millions of dollars in it. And then he would write the check from another bank account. So, yeah. so I mean, I get, I get it. Like rich people stay rich by screwing other people over. Um, but yeah, just a funny little sort of um, detail that they they chose to include. Yeah. Do you know what though? I mean, you, you say like, like screwing other people over, and and there's no doubt he stiffed a lot of people for money. Um, and, and had bounced checks and, and stuff and made promises that he, he couldn't deliver on. But no one seemed to hate him for it. No, no. It, it all, the, yeah, there seemed to be lots of um, people talking fondly about him. I'm sure there were lots of... Maybe this was just... Maybe this was in the documentary maker's gift, though. Like, maybe they weren't looking to tell a story of somebody who people were out for blood for yeah because you know i'm sure there were lots of wrestlers like there are lots of wrestlers who if they haven't been paid by somebody will wish death on them like yeah. we've heard that tale a million times as well and i'm sure there were plenty out there that were calling for herb abram's head but i mean ultimately he did die um yeah. or did he yeah no he died yeah <laughs> 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 that was a really odd sort of way to end the documentary by going he died or did he die some people say <laughs> he showed up at another show in another part of the country that had a similar name to his promotion it's like no he didn't what are you talking about well i think mick foley summed it up quite well by saying that there was no way that herb abrams could disappear for 30 years yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, his his sheer Herb Abramsness just yeah. wouldn't allow him to disappear. But I did like the fact that no one really knows exactly how he died. 
um, the circumstances of his death involve uh, baby lotion, cocaine, hookers, and a, ram- a rampage through his office. Um, well, but appears, no one's really sure about it. Appear, the- like, if I was going to collate all of the information that was provided in that documentary, it appears that he was arrested after some sort of incident, and at some point during his arrest or incarceration, he had a uh, attack of some sort and died. Yeah. Um you know, he had a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's at constant risk of having a heart attack. Um yeah. And he he seemed to get himself clean as well, which is it's sad. But um as as B. Brian Blair said, Herb Abrams went out doing what he loved. Hookers and Coke. Yeah. My favourite character was the one who was his mate. Right. Like worked in the office. Yeah. Who was like his friend from before all of all of this. Like and I think he worked for like a TV company or something. Um and he'd kind of got roped into working for the UWF. And he was like really sort of cut up about everything. Yeah. He was like, oh, I wish Herb was still around. Like I'm really sad about it. Because everybody else is like laughing and joking about this naked <laughs> short very short they pointed out short yeah. man in cowboy boots covered in cocaine and baby oil um and then this fella's like nah, he was my mate i'm really cut up about it yeah and then if you've never seen fun of him never seen what herb abrams looks like um if you've ever seen billy joel before he met christy <laughs> uh, basically that yeah. um but i mean this was probably my favorite episode of the, the series because this and the the episode before it, um, the Brawl for All episode and uh, the Road Warriors episode this week's, which are which I watched. Um, they may as well rather than be called Dark Side of the Ring, they may as well just be called some carny bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and and that is right up my alley. That's exactly what I want to watch. Well, um and that this is what's unique to wrestling, isn't it? Is that yeah. kind of shit is what's unique to wrestling because this this series also touches on a lot of um, you know substance abuse and suicide and murder and deadly accidents and stuff like that. It's like well that kind of stuff is tragic, but also happens in every industry to some extent. Yeah. Um, so whenever somebody says, "Oh, I can't believe another one of these in wrestling," it's like, yeah, but also it happens everywhere. I mean, yeah. obviously, like the kind of character, there are certain things that the characters involved in wrestling probably have a propensity towards. Um, but yeah, like I feel like these are the sto- these are wrestling stories. This yeah. kind of bullshit. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna get down to it, and I've I've just I was tipped off by a friend that there's a, a new book about wrestling come out called Wrestling. Um, I can't think what it's actually called, but it's about the philosophy of wrestling. Um, mm. And when you when you boil it down to the philosophy of wrestling is that it's it's a an industry and a, a, a genre or a medium built on lies. Everything about it is built on lies. Yeah. Um, and the people in it uh, are. Um, are liars for a living i mean all actors i guess are liars as well for a living um but you know that yeah, they but don't... it's more than that it yeah like, it is yeah more than that um but yeah 
yeah wonderful there's a there was a lovely moment in uh this week's uh dark side of the ring and it shouldn't be funny but it is it's the um animal of the road warriors says he, he gets a phone call from his mate and said uh have you talked to hawk recently and he says yeah yeah i, I talked to him the other day he says no but have you talked to him today and he was like no why and he went he's dead <laughs> it's just the weirdest way it's just like what that's weird <laughs> Have you talked to him today? No, why? He's dead. <laughs> oh, weird. Well, obviously I haven't then, have I? What a weird yeah. way of framing that. I know. But um, that's another good episode. I would I would watch that as well. Um, again, lots of carny bullshit uh, about the, the career of the Road Warriors. And then only a, a very little bit of tragedy um, yeah. at the end. But even that is kind of, it's touched uh, by, there's a sweetness to it as well. So, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, well, talking of tragedy, do you want to talk about the other thing that we watched this week? Yeah, so um, WWE, um, I, you know, WWF was so much, so much of a better name, wasn't it? Fucking panda fucking huggers. Just, well, no one ever called them WWF no, anyway. It's nothing to do with them, though, is it? You know that Vince made the decision to change the name because he felt like it was a new era a ruthless aggression era. That <laughs> um, so, um, did he say that in that documentary? He didn't say it, um, no. but somebody did. Like the voiceover kind of was like, they made the decision to change the name to World Wrestling Entertainment to get away from the tired old World Wrestling <laughs> image or something like that. Uh. Um, yes, WWE had a pay-per-view or whatever they're called now, special event. Yeah. Um, and it was their annual Money in the Bank show. Now, we, historically, we haven't talked a lot about WWE on this podcast um, for many reasons. Um, the the main reason um, being that it's, it's not really our graps anymore. No. Um, there are also other underlying reasons to do with Vince McMahon being a shitbag. Um, and you know other things of that nature mm-hmm. um, but this uh, latest uh, the ongoing situation as as they refer to it Current in WWE uh, yeah um, they'll never refer to it as a virus um, mm-hmm. to them a virus is a wrestler from Mexico um, he probably isn't they since I probably have no idea who virus is um, <laughs> you know. great there must have been a wrestler with virus in their name somewhere in WWF's past. There must have been. Well, if someone wants to have like a look for that. You know who we're thinking of. Come on, get on it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, they, they've uh, started doing some unusual things with their um, behind-closed-doors uh, product. So at WrestleMania, we had two examples of, of what has become known as cinematic wrestling. We had the Boneyard match. I'm still not sure what a Boneyard is, um, but that was the Boneyard match, which uh, sadly, um, that was the, the death of, of Luke Anderson and uh, and Doc Gallows, wasn't it? Uh, Carl Anderson and, and uh, Luke Gallows. Yes. Um, yeah, they, yeah. They, they died and went back to their home planet. Um, Dead. After that match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also had the, uh, the Firefly Funhouse match. Yep. which was the, the WWE's first attempt at meta wrestling. And I think they did that 
quite well. Uh, they're postmodern wrestling. And then they decided for the Money in the Bank podcast that they would do the main event uh, or the main events for this was a true double main event in the uh, the, the truest sense of the, the yeah. term um, in, in that kind of cinematic form. So as WWE seemed to be booking their main events purely for me now, um, I decided the least I could do would be to steal the pay-per-view and watch at least the main <laughs> event. Um, but you went, you went one further, Chris. I watched the whole thing. Um, now a couple of days removed, uh, I can't remember everything that happened on it. No. <laughs> um, uh, like I, I remember n- there was nothing like really bad on it. Um, there was one squash match, which is a squash match. So it's fine. Although it did include, it did involve MVP. Who apparently yeah. works for WWE again? <laughs> like, I genuinely, I genuinely did not know that. When his well, thing think... came up on the screen, I was like, "Wait a minute, who have they given the MVP gimmick to?" Well, they, somebody they brought else him back of MVP. They brought him back for the Royal Rumble, and I think, have you seen that episode of uh, Seinfeld where Kramer just starts working at a place? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just st- starts turning up every day in a suit and yeah. a briefcase. I, I think. Um, I think that's what MVP's done. Yeah, but I think actually WWE had caught loads of those people when they did their recent bout of releases. Right. Um, like Primo. Did you realise that Primo still worked there until he was on that list? And Epico. who got let go. Yeah, but when... yeah, but Primo's been around for much longer than Epico. Like, yeah, just a weird, weird, weird world. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I guess somehow mvp snuck back in through the door didn't yeah. have a match he had a little thing with our truth who then got beaten up by bobby lashley um you know people from the the heyday of the wwe yeah well this is it it's like there's this weird period of like the um kind of late like the noughties probably the late noughties into the early teens um and they're all coming back now yeah like but like bobby lashley like MVP, like John Morrison. Edge. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Edge is kind of, you know, he's a like old attitude era guy, isn't he? But like, and probably genuinely more, you know, a Hall of Famer rather yeah. than these people. <laughs> um, Shelton Benjamin, um, Brian Kendrick, like all of these people like have kind of been popping up over the past few years. And one of them now is the champion of the whole bloody place. Um, in Drew Galloway, um, Drew McIntyre, sorry. Um, yeah, just weird. It's a weird time. Like, it's like this weird, and you know, it's something that anybody who's ever talked about WWE has acknowledged over the past decade is that they just have a complete inability to make people into stars. Um, and just that bit of recognition from a decade ago seems to be enough for them to go well yeah let's let's get that guy back in because i remember him so if i remember (laughs) him he must be good and it's weird because some people are criticizing AEW at the moment for having like too many ex wwe guys on top which one you're always going to get that when you're recovering from a monopoly which yeah. is what we, we've had. But two, WWE are doing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just a weird, weird time. 
but you did um, get some up and coming youngsters. You got um, Tamina Snooker. Uh, yeah, yeah. She fought against Bailey. Yeah, Tamina. Um, you know, a genuine threat to the women's. <laughs> I have to say, when I saw that on the lineup, I was like, oh, do you know what? Ba- Bailey better watch out because she could lose her belt tonight to Tamina. <laughs> Tamina, it's her time. I'm just, I know it. I can feel it in my bones. Tamina's going to take it. Um, you also had, there was a four way tag match um, for the t- New Day's tag titles. You had the New Day, who are an established tag team. You had uh, the Miz and John Morrison, who I'd mentioned before, um, a tag team that had been established in a previous era. Previous I'm decade. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, you then had Lucha House Party, which seems to be on a rotating basis. Anybody who's got a mask. Right. Um, and it was, in this instance, it was Lince Dorado um, and the, what's his name? Metallico, man. Grand Metallic. <laughs> Grand <Yeah>. Metallic. <laughs> what's his name? Grand Gran, Gran Metallic. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it means gr- Great Metallic. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm the one who's wrong for finding that confused. Um, and they're just out there doing the same Lucha thing that the Lucha Dragons did before. So well, that's, that's what Lucha people do. Kalisto. Yeah, I think Kalisto is part of Lucha House Party. Right, couldn't be bothered this time, though. No. Well, uh, there's only room for two Luchadors at any one time. It doesn't right. matter ones. Yeah, that's just under enters. Donald Trump's new rules, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he likes his luchadors to not be from Mexico for the most part as well. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in Callisto and uh, Lince Dorado, he's he's got that. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the Forgotten Sons, who I cannot believe, and I'm not one of these. I don't like to wish unemployment on anyone. <laughs> but I cannot believe that these guys are now on the main roster and not on the unemployment line like <laughs> three dozen other people that used to work for WWE a month ago. What are you talking they're, about? They are they're like the least charismatic wrestlers that I've seen on WWE TV in a long, long time. It's just three guys with beards and they're called the Forgotten Sons and like they're like their thing is that they're grumpy because they haven't been given chances. Oh, my they, God. They, they've been given chances, mate. Yeah, well, one of them was a tag team champion in NXT. Yeah, part uh, of the dubstep cowboys. Yeah. Um, and Steve Cutler has been around for ages. Part of me thinks that the third guy, J- Jackson Riker, there's <laughs> an X in there, guys. Um, he's the project. Because he's right. the one who's not wrestling. Okay. It, do you know, like, when Braun Strowman was yeah, yeah. seconding everyone? Yeah. Like, or, um, I don't know, what's a good, another good example? Like, Big Cass. Yeah, like, or, it's like, or Wardlow in AEW. Yeah, it's like, mm, he's the one that, that they like because he looks exactly like Elias. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that that look that they like, the Elias yeah. look. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you had Damien Sandow who had that look. Do you remember yeah. him? Yeah. Um, 
just you know dark beard body like very little in the way of personality yeah um, the way Vince likes them and eventually like a couple of those guys find themselves but if you think about Damien Sandow and Elias like one of them had to do the genius gimmick and one of them is doing a I am bad at singing songs gimmick like is that are they are they your world champions were they really worth investing in uh, I don't know you've got to take a swing and a miss yeah. To come up with the goods like Drew McIntyre. Damien Sandow was a world champion. Was he? Yeah, he won money in the bank. Yeah, did he cash in? Oh, no, maybe. No, I'm thinking of Jack Swagger. No, Jack Swagger was the one who won yeah. championship. Damien Sandow was the first person to fail to win. Yeah, which is, you know, in keeping with who he is. But yeah, the Forgotten Sons. I did think that, that their gimmick should be that every time they appear on screen, people are like, who who are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like that like they get announced with the wrong names every time. Yeah. And they're just like, "Oh god, I guess we just have to." It's like when um it's like if you get introduced by somebody wrong or your boss calls you by the wrong name, it's like you don't want to correct them. Yeah. You just got to let it go. Or everywhere they go, yeah. they meet children that they they'd forgotten they had. Yeah, or like they get left behind in the service station because their yeah. dad, their dad forgot that he, they were with him. Yeah, I like that one. That yeah. one, right? Workshop that. That's yeah. done. We sorted. <laughs> That's in the books. Um, yeah, so there was some stuff. There's some stuff on the pay per view that you could watch if you were looking to watch some stuff. <laughs> like I said, like I said, I don't think any of it was bad. Like. I have had I have had my intelligence insulted by WWE before, but the gift here was that the show was only two hours twenty minutes long. Can yeah. you imagine? I know that's two hours and twenty minutes. Well, you know, going back to the Herb Abrams thing, his final pay per view. Um, the no, it wasn't the final one. It was the first pay per view they did from uh, the Manatee Center. Um, they'd promised three hours of that, and it only mm. went two hours. And people were moaning that they only got two hours. Oh, and it's like, God. what? What? You wait, you people. You wait. Yeah. 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 Um, you wait until we're getting five and a half hour long pay-per-views. I oh, know, man. Uh, no. when, pro- when progress are making me stay in the bloody O2 arena for God knows how fucking long. It wasn't uh, the O2 arena, no, was it? It was the Wembley arena. arena. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, well, the, the Empire Pool, as I like to call it, because I'm really old yeah um but that wasn't none of this was the reason that we watched this show though was it no and indeed i did not watch any of that because no. you know, it's weird um, we're going to talk about this in a in a not my graps but i, I did look at the the results and i'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm disconnected from what's going on in in wwe apart from like reading the the news um every week and it's just kind of like a lot of me was just thinking, who are these people? Like, you know, what? why are they in the position they're in? But perhaps we'll get to that later. But that was my overwhelming takeaway um, from, from looking at the uh, the undercard. But no, the, the reason we watched it was because that for the first time ever, they presented Money in the Bank. Um, there were two firsts, really. Um, one, uh, the women's and the men's match happened at the same time. 
Yeah. Um, which um, we'll, we'll talk about in, in well, just the briefcases were hung next to each other. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is that they decided to do it in in what's become known as a cinematic wrestling style. Now, before we get into any of this, we, we have to apply the, the, the usual disclaimer um, to this, that although this is what they call cinematic wrestling, um, if you are a fan of cinema, um, <laughs> you, you will not you will not find this up to your standards. No. Um, this this is not only um, cinematic wrestling done by a wrestling company uh, rather than a, a team of uh, people used to putting together dramatic uh, TV programs. It's also done by one of the worst wrestling companies in the world <laughs> uh, when it comes to to TV output, whose whose idea of what go- of of how um, TV should be shot is very very unusual. Um, but that aside, um, I I loved it. Um, we'll get onto that in a minute. But I'm I'm just the the thing that made me uh, that struck me overall is that it just made me think that DDT are now the most influential wrestling company in the world. Well, I guess we need to tell people what the match was. Then. Okay. Um, so it was the Money in the Bank match where um, a bunch of people, the number seems to change all the time, how many people are in these matches. Yeah, there's been eight at times, hasn't there? Yeah, the women's match and the men's match running concurrently. And they are competing to climb a ladder to get a briefcase inside, which is a contract that they can claim a title shot at the time of their choosing. Now, if you've been to any British indie show, you will yeah. be familiar with this. Um, yes. Yeah. Sometimes just called Money in the Bank. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, I've seen the letters MITB taped onto the side of a black briefcase a lot. Right. Of times. Um, except this time it didn't take place in, a, in an arena. Um, it didn't take place in your traditional wrestling venue. Um, the match took place at the Titan Towers, the WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Just with off I-95. <laughs> with the aim being that you would start on the ground floor and make your way up the building to the roof of the tower where there was a ring. And the belts, the belts, the briefcases were suspended above said ring. Um, so basically, it's the movie The Raid or Dread, yeah. um, where you've got to fight your way up the building through many different obstacles, which are mainly just office furniture um, and your competitors. Uh, I mean, the, the guy who made The Raid, he can't be doing much at the moment. He, I mean, he did The Raid. Yeah. He did the raid two. Yeah. He did dread, which was basically the no, raid. Two different people. Is it? All oh, yeah. right. Dredd well, came, I mean, he's he's, he's got to be a loose end. Time. Well, he's right. just he's just made a TV series for Sky. All oh, right. That ga- Gangs of London is that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um. So shove that up your bloody pipe and smoke it, smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a funny punchline coming. <laughs> but I will not have poor fact checking on this podcast. <laughs> um, so who did we have in these matches then? 
So the uh, the men's match was, and every time I've tried to name the people in these matches, I always forget one. So let's see who I forget this time. Go on. Then. So we had uh, um, AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, not from, dead. Apparently. Back from beyond the grave. Yeah. Last time I saw him, he was buried alive mm-hmm. uh, by the Undertaker. Um, apparently not dead. Um, old Allen is back. Uh, we had uh, Raymond Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was there. We had uh, Tommy End. Um, yeah. We oh, had um, Baron Corbin. King Corbin to you. Right. Yeah. King Corbin. We had Otis Dozovich. Yeah. Um, who's <laughs> Chris. I don't know if you've noticed. He's fat and ugly. No yeah. one could love him. But apparently <laughs> someone does. Yeah. Just every time you say that, Alan, it, really, it cuts me. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Daniel Bryan, um, who yeah. for some reason lowered himself to, to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, I think you got them all. Yeah, I got them. Right. Shall I try and do the women? Yeah, go on them. Right. So we had uh, Nia Jax, mm-hmm. um, you know, old, known as old Safe Hands Nia. Uh, yeah, to her to her colleagues, we had Lacey Evans. Yes, uh, we had Dana Brooke. Do you remember Dana Brooke? I think she's been beset with injuries, so can you uh, give her. You know, she's yeah. all right. She's all right. Um, then we had Lacey Evans. No, you said Lacey Evans. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Right, Carmella. Yes, Carmella, two-time Money in the Bank holder. Yeah, uh, Asuka. Yep. And Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Right, I got them all. Do you know, oh, most of those girls we saw at the at the Empire Pool uh, in Wembley um, for NXT in their, their takeover in 2015. Well, did we? Yeah, Dana Brooke was there. And yeah. then she wrestled. Uh, Emma wrestled Asuka. Yeah. Um, and Dana Brooke was kind of Emma's Emma's sidekick, wasn't she, oh, at the time? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nia Jax wrestled um, uh, Bailey. Yeah. At that. Carmella yeah. was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, with uh, with the, the two fellas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, so, a few of them, yeah. Yeah. Four. Four of them. Okay, so that is most of them, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's your lineup. Yeah. Um, shall we shall we do um, as do you remember in the before times we used to do uh, a three and three? Yeah, three love the graps and three not my graps. Yeah, let's do that. Let's give it a, the show a bit of structure, All right. All right. Uh, which is unusual for for now. Okay. Um, we we did discuss this before, and you what what was it you said to me? I said, uh, what what did I say? I said I can't, like, I've, I've got the text message open here. What did I say? Yeah. Uh, I'd struggle to come up with three of anything for that match. <laughs> Whereas I am dedicated to my craft. Yeah. Um, you know, this is why it's important that you hear my side of the conversation, <laughs> um, because I'm the one who, who comes up with the gold. So I have come up with three love the graps, three things yeah. that I liked about this show yeah. and three not my graps. Yeah. Um, and I call it a show because it was half an hour, you know, on its own. You you could use this as a capsule on its own. Um, so, you know, um, so let's kick off, as we always do, with the things that uh, that I liked. And I'm sure you'll find some things you liked as well, Chris, in it, with with love the grass. I'll try. OK, so number one, LTG, number one. Yeah. 
Do you remember when it used to be hashtag LTG when we cared about Twitter? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I asked you to keep up with the Twitter, but yeah. Um, but you're. I mean, you yeah. We, well, we saw we were going to do that when we did that when we relaunched the, the podcast, and then the world fell apart. Yeah, we we had we were planning on doing some stuff, but then it just became yeah. too bleak. Um, go yeah. on then. Go on. Hashtag so number one. G one. Um, WWE finally does intergender. Sort of. Yeah. So. As we said earlier, these two matches took place at the same time. Yeah. Um, so rather than uh, than have, uh, and I think this is the right decision, rather than have the, the, the women come out earlier in the show and do the, going up 10 floors of Titan Towers and then the men repeat it later, it was yeah. going on at the same time, in real time, um, as, as the men and women both made their yeah. way uh, up. Now, I don't know if the men started, it, to me, I, I got the feeling the men started in the basement. So I don't know if they got an extra floor or whether the, the gym at Titan Towers was just off to the side of the, yeah. the, the ground floor. Well, we'll get but, into that. But, um... but I got a feel of a basement there. Um, so the men started in the gym um, and then the women started in the lobby. So you think that the men started with a handicap? I think so. Yes. Right. OK. Um, because, you know, although Vince McMahon is one of the, the most um woke and uh, progressive Very people um in the world um you know he's, he's still got the the old the old uh behaviors leaking yeah. in um but yeah two matches at the same time and at one point they they did actually interact um and there was a bit where Shayna baszler uh, put raymond mysterio jr in a sleeper hold um yeah. and made him uh, wobble so that the the two fat lads could bump into him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just I liked the the way that this was was done that that it was everything going on at the same time, um, rather than than keeping them separate. Well, it um, avoided one of the things that I kind of commented on when we watched WrestleMania was that they had that ladder match on that show, the tag team ladder match, and although it wasn't a tag team ladder match was it it was like one person for me tag team but like there's there's some dead air in 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 ladder matches like you can you can be prone to having some moments where there's some setting up going on and when you've got no audience there's nowhere to hide no because you, you you can hear everything going on yeah. um and you know, with the nature of this this particular match, it made sense to have everything going on at the same time. Well, yeah. maybe made made sense might not be the best <laughs> way, but like way of saying it. But it was probably the right thing to do because it, it kept it kept it uh, engaging, kept the pace up. Cause, yeah, because there, there were no real dead oh. spots. Um, there was that weird thirty seconds where Baron Corbin uh, broke a mirror. <laughs> And then just stared at it, yeah. Um, which I thought would come into play later in the yeah. in the, the match. It didn't, but bad luck. Yeah, seven years bad luck though, mate. So they got plenty of time to pay that off. Yeah, no, I mean inevitably he will still be in WWE in seven years because he's going to be one of these people that for some reason they never find a reason to let go of. I was thinking about Baron Corbin yesterday, and I was thinking about um. Were you watching AEW when uh, Brandy Rhodes was was being evil and had um, Awesome Kong? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. And um, they had another person on their team called Mel, 
who wrestles Melanie Cruz on the Indies. Right. And she's really tall, like she's over six feet. And they shaved her head as part of her initiation into the, the Nightmare Collective. Okay. And she looked just like a female Baron Corbin. And I just thought that she could, because she's not being used in AEW anymore, she could come into WWE as Sharon Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I'd like that. That would be good. Yeah, there you go, Vince. You can have that one. Have, have that one, one for free. free. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I thought that the, the match skipped along. Um, there was lots of funny stuff going on and nothing really outstayed its welcome. Um, although the food fight did did go on a little bit. Uh, but that's food fights for you. You can't control the length of a food fight, Chris. No, no. Well, you've got to keep going until there's no food left. Exactly. <sighs> so number two um, was uh, Stephanie McMahon literally phoning it in. Um, what's this how did this how did this make your your love the graps <laughs> because it was so bad it yeah was right. great all right so there, there was a bit where they as they're working their way up through titan towers they uh reach um this room where there is a money in the bank briefcase you mean the money the in the bank conference room yeah um and dana brooke retrieves the briefcase yeah. Uh, which in any case was full of money um, and thus far more valuable than uh, than uh, any kind of contract which may or may not lead to a title uh, yeah. at the end. But that's, you know, beside well, the point. And she was really happy. History has borne out that holding that particular briefcase um, or winning that match meant that you were the champion. Yeah. Yeah, it has now. It has Becky, now. Becky Lynch gave up the title. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. I, I've got some. I've got some weird opinions on that. Oh um, God, as people might expect. Um, so yeah, Dana Brooke was really happy, and then Stephanie appeared, um, put her head around the door of the room. Um, except she didn't. Now, anyone who, who's kind of uh, friends with me on Facebook might see that occasionally there's a, there's a picture of my daughter um, at various points in her life. Um, you know, first day at brownies, first day at school. And she's always uh, behind what we call, uh, in front of what we call the picture door. Um, and it looked as though Stephanie McMahon was in front of the picture door in her particular <laughs> house. Um, and whatever they filmed it on uh, was was not of the same quality as the, uh, the rest of the footage. But they still cut it in as though Stephanie had just popped her head around the door of yeah. the Money in the Bank conference room. Bizarre, yeah, bizarre, bizarre moment. Now, but particularly considering we had lots of cameos in this. Well, that's why this I show. put this in like, the Love the Grabs because there were some very good cameos, uh, very weird cameos, but very good cameos throughout the the match. Yeah, like like what was your favourite one? I think Paul Heyman was great in it. Yeah, because um, he's a fat I, lad, isn't he? Yeah, he's a fat lad. Uh, he, he was sitting down to a, an absolute banquet, yeah. um, uh, all for himself, because he's a fat lad. Well, because there was nobody else in the building as well. No, no. Everyone had gone home for the night. Yeah. Uh, Brother Love was in the building, in the toilets. Yeah, in the toilet. That yeah. was a bit weird. Waiting um, in the toilet to tell, to, to tell the next person who came through the door that he loved them. Yeah, and then weirdly, Rey Mysterio uh, reciprocated yeah. that love. I, I love you too, but... Um, I've got to get off. I'm not sure why I came into the toilet, actually. Um, 
Yeah, you also had somebody who may or may not have been Doink the Clown. I think it was having having looked into this. It was actually the 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 douchebag known as Frank the Clown. Was it? It was. Yeah, who somehow has parlayed putting Doink makeup or putting clown makeup. It's not in Doink makeup because he doesn't even go the full the full hog. Putting clown makeup on and sitting ringside at wrestling shows into a minor. celebrity career uh, around wrestling which has somehow uh, gained him the hand of noel foley mm. um, which mick can't be happy about surely um, and also led to him uh, getting an appearance at joey janela's spring break too um, where unbeknownst to him um, joey janela just punched him in the face brilliant uh, um, yeah so he he appeared um, uh, john laurenitis was there yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people were clamoring to see that cameo. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, was there anybody else? Well, there was one, but we'll talk about him in in the not my grabs. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, it didn't really fit. But and uh, Elias uh, appeared at the end. Oh yeah, he did to uh, cost Baron Corbin. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was Baron Corbin's bad luck. What the 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 man the... that he'd thrown off a balcony. Yeah. Um, and then had who had recovered two days later um, and, and, and turned up for work. And that's the thing, right? Really, this is Titan Towers, yeah? Yeah. It's where everybody at WWE works. Yeah. So has everybody got a desk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where they are when they're not on show, when it's not yeah. a show day. So was Elias just at his desk, just doing just doing the last bit, last well, bit, bit of in, paperwork? He's in the recording studio. Right, okay. Yeah. So he's in the recording studio. Um, the boogeyman is in like a cave beneath the towers. Right. Um, Does Brutus your office Barber... building have a cave, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Brutus the Barber Beefcake is in the he- the salon. Right. Yeah. Um, T.L. Duke... Hopper's fixing the the plumbing. Yeah. yeah Duke the Duke the Drumster Drosy is you know sorting out the bins. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've all got they've all got a role to play in the building, running a building. Right. But where, where do you think um, where, where where do you think Tamina Snooker's desk is? Well, no, she's just because she's not got any personality or character. She's um, she's just got um, she works in HR. Right. <laughs> yeah. HR is not your friend, people. Don't think that you can go to HR with a problem at work. They're just there to help the bosses. Yeah, and um, they're just so yeah. Sales title shots. They are. Um, so yeah, I like that. And then move on to number three, which is really an all-encompassing uh, love of the graps about this. Mm. That this was just big dumb shit, and that it's it's very weird. I saw some people sort of saying that at some point uh, WWE and WWE will do it before anyone else, but at some point we're going to have to go back to pretending that wrestling is is semi-real. Um, and that you'll have an audience there and you'll have to pretend that this is a sporting contest. And how do we get there from this? Because this, I mean, I love this. I'd, I'd watch an entire WWE show um, of this every, and when I say watch, I mean steal, uh, but I would watch it every week if they did an entire show of this kind of stuff. Mm. But how do you get from this, one of their main things of the year through to any semblance of real competition again well, just, i mean can you imagine if if we're still under these circumstances 
And of course, America won't be by then and, and WWE won't be. But by the Royal Rumble, imagine what they could do for the Royal Rumble under mm. these circumstances. Well, I mean, at some point, they'll just have Brock Lesnar come out and suplex everyone, won't they? Dad. Like, it'll just be like, oh, yeah, here's a reset button. We're bringing Brock Lesnar back in again. He's going to beat up everyone again. And we're back to where we were before all of this. Yeah, we're back to boring now. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I I just love the idea. I mean, some, when, I, when I first heard about the idea of this, there was something about climbing the corporate ladder. Mm. And I, I thought it was just going to be that they were just going to have a regular ladder match on the roof at Titan Towers, which would have been just bad. Do you know what I mean? Um, especially up on that roof, because up on that roof seems to be nothing but some just plants. Yeah. Um, um, it, and in fact, you, you had a, a, a ring uh, and a load of plants and no fans. And it just made me think of those FIP shows at the Orpheum in Ebor City. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never did find out who Uncle John was, did we? No, it was John Laurinaitis. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, big dumb shit, uh, lots of fun, uh, happy endings uh, to it, even though the, the ending of the, the men's match was an abortion. Um, and that's not how money in the bank works. Um, should, should we talk about that ending? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not as bothered by it as you are, but <laughs> that like it's it. it it's the same as like when they were like, oh yeah, no, both your feet have to touch the ground. It's not, no, it's not. Sorry, maybe maybe we didn't make this clear, but like, you know, the Royal Rumble, and we've been saying for ages, like if you're thrown over the top rope, you are out. You, you, like both your feet have to touch the ground, so any uh, other part of your body can touch the ground, but like if both your unless both your feet touch the ground you're not eliminated so kofi kingston's out there doing play handstands or you know people are hopping around on one foot or on other people's backs and stuff or standing on pancakes standing on pancakes yeah like you know we're getting into the point where we're trying to sort of i you know make those technicalities work for us so the finish of the men's section um of the money in the bank uh in extravaganza um involved aj styles and old barry corbin um climbing up the ladder and uh, they've somehow both managed to be holding on to the briefcase as it's removed from its moorings um barry corbin gets smacked by elias aj fumbles the briefcase and the fat lad oh it's dozovich catches it now, I'm pretty sure AJ had control of that briefcase before he dropped it. But mm. regardless, you know, they, they claimed that Otis Dozovich had control of the briefcase yeah. and was thus the winner. Um, now, ordinarily, I'd be very excited by this because I do love me a fat lad in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but what are they going to do with Otis Dozovich? No, well, I mean, obviously, they're they're painted into a bit of a corner by... I mean, I'm sure they've got some sort of plan. Like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they, having given him the briefcase, they kind of know what the plan is with him. Even if it is just next week, he has to give it away for a sandwich or something. Like, <laughs> but you moment, know that's coming. Yeah, at the moment, um, you've got 
Braun Strowman and Drew Galloway are the champion. Drew McIntyre. Um, are Drew, the Drew Galloway was the bloke who used to talk too much on Evolve shows. Yeah, well, now it's Drew McIntyre who talks too much on WWE shows. Right. Um, I don't. There's a thing with Drew and Braun. I'm going on a tangent now, Sorry. where they're they're too much like normal people. Like yeah. they've got they've got them talking like both of their matches against um, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, respectively, were basically them going. They're at the my opponent is good but I'm going to be better and I'm not going to let them get inside my head. It's like, why are you doing that? Why is Braun Strowman talking like that? Why is Drew McIntyre talking like that? Just let them want to beat the other person up. Yeah, I mean, Braun Strowman just wants people to get these hands. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I felt like Braun at one point, when people were actually interested in him, was a bit of a throwback. Like, yeah. Like to a time when it was a big guy, few words beating people up. Like to turn him, in, like it's a Roman Reigns problem all over again, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when you turn them into some kind, of, like somebody who is delivering quips. Like I think, like you lose a lot of the mystique around these people. Yeah, the, anyway. the thing with the thing with Braun Strowman and and perhaps what they're they're going for with with Otis Dozovich is it is. <laughs> He's at his best when he's in that kind of hacksaw Jim Duggan mode of the person with learning disabilities um, <laughs> as a wrestling hero. I don't you know, know I mean? whether that's true with Braun Strowman. I don't know whether he. I don't know whether he's got learning difficulties. Do you remember when he picked a child out of the crowd to be his tag team partner? Yeah, well, that's you know that's that's in that's. I don't know whether that's when he's at his best. I think that's <laughs> indicative of the issue that I'm talking about. Um, it's like uh, they've got a problem with their baby faces when they make it so that they don't take the opponent seriously. Like that's when I think that they really lose steam. Like every single time, it's when the baby face has to try and make fun of the bad guy. It's like the baby's face should consider the bad guy a threat, not a joke. Yeah. Like, anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Otis, but I'm glad he won. Asuka won the women's one. Um, yeah, she won that by uh, lastly eliminating Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, uh, which Baron up. Corbin himself is, is a bit of an idiot because he climbed up the ladder the same time as Asuka. They were going for different briefcases, mm. and yet he still tried to stop her getting her briefcase. Yeah. Um, and then uh, found himself uh, thrown to the ground, angered him to the point that he murdered two men. Um, yeah, he literally threw people off of the top of the building. Yeah. Although apparently Raymond Mysterio was back on WWE TV this week, so right. no one stays dead in WWE. No. Just like Marvel Comics. Yeah. Marvel Comics, it used to be that no one stayed dead except Bucky, uh, Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy, and even all three of them have come back. So, you know, sad times. But ask the one... And then the next night found out that she'd actually, because she didn't open the briefcase um, when she won it. She just kept it um, closed because that's you never have a look inside a briefcase when you win it, do you, Chris? Um, no, well, it depends. Maybe you're like waiting until you get home. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, she found out the next night that she had in fact won the Royal Women's Championship because mm. uh, Rebecca Lynch um, was stepping down as champion because she was a with child. Yes, she had the Rollins baby. Yeah, I saw someone uh, uh, on uh, a wag on Twitter had put that uh, Becky Lynch lost her title uh, because of a uh, small package from Seth Rollins. Very good. Which I quite like that. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. On the one hand, I'm ec- I'm ecstatic for for Becky Lynch. Um, less less happy that it, she's got Rollins' child inside her because, as we know, he's the worst. He's a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also happy that she's been able to uh, come out of wrestling at least temporarily. Um, healthy and able to have that child but i mean it's the early stages of pregnancy you can get rolled up surely <laughs> you know, drop the title yeah but they like they like creating these newsworthy moments now don't they like even more so than actually having title changes yeah but oh, just do it in the ring man do it in the ring i mean i can't rule out the fact that becky lynch and seth Rollins didn't do it in the ring um, but well, you know. she wouldn't be pregnant if they had. No, no. Hey, yeah, I'm going to treat that with the contempt it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on to some uh, not my grats. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, I kind of alluded to this earlier about um, you know looking at the lineup of the show and thinking who are these people and. Why are they in these positions? But one of the things that I really thought about watching this, um, and this, you know, this may be as much on me as it is on them, but where were the stars? You know, mm-hmm. um, when when I was looking at it, you you've got uh, the women's match was was full of people who are never going to win the title. Um, even in in someone like Carmella, who um, I think has been champion and has won two uh, Money in the Banks oh, before. She's not she's not champion material. She's not a main eventer. Um, and the, the two kind of legitimate main eventers that were in the women's match, um, Shayna Baszler and Asuka, have, have you know, both recently failed um, to be the, the, the top, the top lass in, in WWE. And on the men's side, um, I guess AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are, are top guys. Um, although their, their best days uh, are behind them. And that's even true for AJ Styles, who's only been in for a, a, a few years. Rey Mysterio is very much from the past. Baron fucking Corbin is, is, is what... I, d- I don't even know what Tommy End is. Uh, and Otis Dozovich, as we know, is, is uh, a, an ugly, fat idiot. Um, so I just thought that the star power in this match was was a bit lacking and and maybe that's a thing with with wwe at the moment that um they they've lost a lot of people at the top uh, for various reasons um and and haven't to my satisfaction and and it you know i'm the last person they should be looking to satisfy but to my satisfaction they haven't replaced them with people of sufficient quality um mm. and when i think back to to when i came back to wrestling after being on the island and i threw threw myself into the WWE at the time. Um, the the new top guys uh, um, did appear to have some kind of cachet behind them. I, I don't know whether I fully agree with your hypothesis here. Like, I think that 
Money in the Bank and like the Royal Rumble are unique in that they are matches where the hook is that somebody new could like somebody unexpected could end up with an opportunity at the top title. And you can't therefore like completely top load these matches. And these matches have always had like underdogs in them or comedy guys in them because then you've got like the variety show sort of aspect to these multi-man matches um you know how many of these matches has somebody like Zack Ryder been in or, yeah you know how many spots have they you know put Kofi Kingston in there for um you know obviously Kofi being a world champion recently but spent years and years being the guy who couldn't get eliminated from the Royal Rumble um and I thought that that you know if you know go through the women's um lineup yeah you got you got Asuka, you got Shayna Baszler, you've got um, Nia Jax, you've got a former champion in Carmella, you know, she and she's won the Money in the Bank twice, so you've got to kind of go, well, yeah, yeah. she's, you know, she's like on paper, she's got pedigree, um, and then you've got um, Dana Brooke, who's been around a while, but is the kind of comedy foil. And Lacey Evans, who's kind of their one of their new projects, who's getting a little bit of attention um, and a little bit of focus. So I think, you know, I think that lineup is is quite nicely balanced. Um, and then similarly on the men's side, I, I don't I don't really have any major issues with it. Like, you know, you haven't got your John Cena's, you haven't got Roman Reigns, you haven't got um, the big show you haven't got. <laughs> you haven't got like Randy Orton, but I think you've got plenty of people that you know that will give yeah. you the the match that you need. And there were also world title matches on this show as well. So I guess. you know, I just I, I I got kind of got the feeling that that this seemed more like a field to find intercontinental champion um, rather yeah. than you know yeah, a contender maybe. for the world championship. Maybe, um, and maybe that, they haven't. The, but I think that's how the Money in the Bank matches have always been. Yeah, like they've always been sort of a match for the mid card or people taking a rest from the main event to move into main event positions. Like yeah. you think about like on WrestleMania when like this used to be a fixture of WrestleMania, like it was a multi man match on WrestleMania. Like yeah. If if you you know if you're a big star, you're expecting to have a singles match on WrestleMania, aren't you? So, yeah. you know. But you still have people somebody like Dean Ambrose have... in it, and you know stuff like that. Kevin Owens. Um, it was kind of missing those guys. I mean, you know, yeah, perhaps half of this is, is on me, and you know, this is perhaps just a problem that I had with it. Um, maybe it's also uh, down to the brand split as well. Yeah. Um, in that. You know, you mentioned that they had world title matches on the on the main pay per view. Two world title matches for two different brands, which yeah. takes theoretically four top guys um, out of action, yeah. um, and that's without the guys that you've already just cycled out of challenging for those titles as well. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of losing a, a top eight, top ten um, of of your guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I just thought that was. No, I, something. I think it's, it's a fair point. I just don't completely agree with you. That's all right, mate. That's all right. 
we we never agree on anything. No, that's true. Except yeah. maybe the next, not my graps. Okay. So the next one is uh, we we talked earlier about uh, Stephanie McMahon literally phoning it in. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about someone who could at least be bothered to turn up. Uh, Vince yeah. McMahon. Oh my God. Now, as soon as AJ Styles and uh, Daniel Bryan bundled into that office, I immediately, just from having watched Beyond the Mat all those years ago where Vince <laughs> made Darren Drozdov puke, uh, I immediately knew it was Vince's office, Yeah, uh, which is really weird. But I, I spoke to Jake Chris earlier today and, and he was exactly the same. He said just from the shape of the office, because it is quite a weird shape. Um, he immediately knew that they were in Vince McMahon's office. But yeah, uh, they bundled into Vince McMahon's office and continued fighting. Um, and then a, a full 30 seconds went by before they realised that Vince McMahon was in the room. Yeah. Um, Vince looked terrible. I mean, Vince is an old man. He's 160 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he looked awful. He looked like he'd recently been woken from his eternal slumber to feast upon the blood of the living like he looked awful and um he it wasn't it wasn't even that that was the issue it was like there was nothing to it he wasn't like the intimidating bombastic mr mcmahon character it was just like it was like oh You've woken me up. Get out. Yeah, this was his home ground. It, it, this should have been ripe for a, a proper funny um, standout cameo. Um, and he gave himself the worst bit part. Um, yeah, weird. I mean, he's he's been going a bit. I mean, I say going a bit weird. I think Vince has always been a bit weird because like one of the things that's come out recently is that um, the the stunt where where Rey Mysterio and Tommy End were thrown off the roof. Um to, to show that it was safe, Vince McMahon apparently did it before they did it. Yeah. Um, and apparently he also did that at WrestleMania with uh, the Gronk's dive off the balcony yeah, onto well, the that, pile of wrestlers. So, like, that's the Vince McMahon that we want to see, though, isn't it? The kind yeah. of bullshit bullshitter who's like, and, Joe, and I'll, the, I'll do it. There was a bit in this week's uh, Dark Side of the Ring, which I, I never knew, but apparently, you know, people are well known about this, that... Um, that they they were all in a strip club, um, and Vince McMahon is just taking everybody's finishers. Um, <laughs> so he, like he takes the Doomsday Device um, off the the Road Warriors and and takes the the uh, Heart Foundations finishers yeah. in a strip club. Um, so he's always been a weird dude, but um, for him to just like tell them to get out of his office and then sit back down to continue a writing on his yellow notepaper. Um, thus showing that even Vince McMahon doesn't watch his own product. Um, <laughs> I, thought that just... was, I thought that was the weirdest part of the whole thing, was, like, there was no punchline. Like, and, I mean, this is my problem with this. It's my problem with the Firefly Funhouse, and it's why you put a bit of a pricey on this whole event that, you know, it's produced by WWE and not people who are producing good TV. Um, like, it felt like there should have been another like height and another punchline just a yeah. button on the end of that but uh, but no it just Vince sat down turned around and started writing something yeah it should have been a series of of humorous skits linked yeah. by some corridor brawling 
Instead, like uh, they just relied on you going, ah, it's that man that you remember. Oh, it's brother love that we all remember. <laughs> brother love. What kind of a cameo is that? Like brother love, that's like thirty years ago. More than he, that. He's booking like, the show though, man. No, I know. I know why he's there. I don't know why they think he's a relevant cameo <laughs> for that audience. Um, Maybe it's because everyone's got the WWE network now, and it's all on there. Yeah, and, and maybe them. like there's this thing that that's going on in in DC Comics at the moment where they've they've had like multiverses for years to try and explain why there have been different versions of Batman and Superman yeah. um, for the last eighty odd years. But now they've come up with uh, what they call a metaverse that that says that every now and every now and again. The, the universe resets itself around Superman. Um, and thus that explains why that there are different um, Batmans at different times and different Supermans at different times. Maybe like that's how Vince McMahon is looking at the WWE universe. That is a meta universe. And because it's all up there on the network and because you've got the likes of uh, Hulk Hogan returning to, to WWE programming periodically, then why shouldn't Brother Love it, exist in the same time period as as uh as uh lacey evans yeah yeah <laughs> you're right i mean am i giving them too much credit there remember when paul ellering was back in in wwe i do yeah that, that was weird i mean it worked for that act but then they didn't follow it through to the main roster no, it's because well, because he didn't want to go on the road. No, no, it, I, I can I can know. imagine. Yeah, like, and um, they fired his daughter this week. Did you see that? Um, um, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, why why not? Let's just go. Let's go whole hog with Brother Love. Bring him back in as a manager. Yeah. Bring Paulie yeah. and back Slick. In. Get Slick back. Why not? Eh? Just Mr. Um, Fuji. Yeah. Yeah. Is he dead? I think he's dead, yeah. Right. Um, right. That might be a problem. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Would it? Because AJ came back, didn't he? Yeah. Get Kim Chi back. Yeah. Well, I think he might still be working there, probably. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> right let's move on to the final. Not yeah, go on then. Okay. So um, I'm actually going to be a little bit serious here about a, a joke event. Um, but there was no sense of scale and time. Um, yeah. So we knew that they had to go uh, from the, the bottom of Titan Towers up to the roof where the ring was there and do that. But at no point did it seem like they were making any upward progression. Um, there was no kind of sense of, oh, no, now they're on floor three. Now they're on floor five. Now they're on floor seven. Oh, Asker's on floor nine, but the others are only down on floor five. How, how, are, how is this going to be made up? Um, people yeah. just seemed to just jump around. Yeah, and then it was weird because, like, you had AJ Styles was trapped underneath a weight at one point, and then at another point was seemingly locked inside a room with a coffin in it. Um, wasn't locked, mate. Tommy no, had only just, just pulled that door behind. shut. <laughs> but like, there were moments where he was kind of left behind, and then then you saw him just walking through the hallways, opening every door, and then all of a sudden he was there with everybody else. Yeah, there was That's another like, moment where Asuka got in a lift and then oh, went the up. Lift. Yeah. And, and then 
um, came out of the lift at the same time as all the men who got out of their lift. And I thought there was a missed opportunity there to to not show them all stood in the lift, kind of, you know, trying not to make eye contact as people do in lifts. Um, That was a little shot that they should have had there. Um, But yeah, but I can kind of write that off as to the fact that Asuka is foreign um, and thus probably doesn't know how lifts work. Yeah. Yeah, but like this is this is a thing that I is a real sort of um, bugbear of mine in sort of action films and horror films is like when you don't understand like the geography of a place. Yeah. Like when you've got like big set pieces or, um, you know, you've got a very specific location that is integral to the plot, um, like you need to be able to understand what that building is or what that where they are in that place at any time like things like things that are like particularly bad at this are like big sort of action films like like um the transformers films or or even like in some case in a lot of cases like the avengers films i think sometimes like you just get lost in all of the noise and you don't really understand where they are which is why a lot of the time their big action things happen in a field or in a car park or in an airport so it's like we've just got this big expanse so you could just have a big fight in this area um not worry about bouncing off of things um but when it's really good like in like like some horror films are really good at this or or like um i don't know whether you saw the film knives out that came out last year i did Um, not like you get a real like it's like a murder mystery and you get a real sense of the layout of the house that it all happens in yeah and that and that is integral to the plot of the of the murder mystery. Murder mystery well, is good at this sort of thing. Um, in, a, in a very similar thing, Die Hard, you you yeah. get the you get the the, the idea that he is making his way up the building. Yeah, and and, um, and encountering various things on the way. You know, we mentioned like the films The Raid and um, Dread, which were two films that came out very closely together, but are basically this concept for this match where um your hero needs to get to the top of the building um to apprehend the bad guys like they are fighting their way up the building how are they going to get there we need to understand the upward trajectory um and and yeah they kind of failed with that i think and i don't think that's a difficult thing to get right now like especially when you've got lifts you've got staircases and stuff like that just to Kate and you're doing the sort of cinematic thing you're putting music over the top of it at some points like yeah. just have cutaways to the signs and stuff like that yeah i mean or and they didn't do this until like the very end put commentary on it like i know like you know they're trying different things but like this could have done with a, li- and I know, you know, the commentators are bad, question- are questionable at times. <laughs> but like this, this is one of these where it could have done with a little bit of commentary. I think. Yeah, I, I'd have liked the commentators to be following them round with the camera crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or like you know, there are checkpoints that they have yeah. to go through. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
Having said that, I mean, for what it was, I really enjoyed it. It was half an hour of big, dumb shit fun uh, right up my alley. And uh, I'm glad I watched it. And I'm, I'm excited uh, for what they might do next, but fearful that they won't they won't do anything like this, um, that they'll instead just try and present ordinary professional wrestling. Um, and nobody wants that, Chris. Nobody wants it. Yeah. I don't know what else like lends itself to this. I mean, Hell in a Cell, like... That's going to be stupid. Do it in a prison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tables, ladders, chairs and stairs. Survivor series. They could do it uh, on the set of Takeshi's Castle. Yeah. 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 Um, do that. Yeah. And the Royal they're Rumble. Doing, they're they doing do it in, like, in the Coliseum. Well, no, they'll have to do it on top of the building again. What, the rumble? You get, yeah, you get eliminated by being thrown off the building. Yeah. I'd like to see Kofi Kingston survive that. Yeah. Um, well, they're doing an in-your-house, aren't they? That's the next. Right. NXT, in-your-house. Um, I don't really know what that's going to be. Because if it's going to be... If it's going to be like Progress doing a bloody 1970s show, I don't know whether I'm into that. No. No, don't bother. If you're going to do uh, a wrestling match set in a house um, like DDT did, and as we know, DDT are the most influential wrestling company in the world now. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's Big Japan who did the, the, the matches that were set in the house. Um, but still, same, you know, same, same difference as we used to say when I was a kid. Um, then I'm right up for that. I'm, I at least want the old in-your-house set, um, which I can't believe isn't just in a warehouse in in uh, somewhere in Connecticut. Well, it absolutely uh, is. Yeah. I mean, they, they managed to find the, the big SmackDown fist um, for the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. I'm sure that the In Your House house is there. Yeah. Um, and then maybe we can also get a Hogpen match. I'd quite like that. Hogpen match was on WrestleMania. Was it? Yeah, it was on the pre-show of WrestleMania. All oh, right. I always think of it as an In Your House, but there you or go. Or was it the Royal Rumble? I yeah, know, Royal Rumble because I think it determined um, Triple H entering first in the Royal Rumble. Right, right. But um, we'll be back with something else soon. We mm-hmm. left a bit of a long gap between podcasts this time. We used to check in with each other every day, and we still kind of do by text. Yeah. Um, but the the you know uh, I'm back at work. You're working. Um, yeah, yeah. There's other lives, aren't there? There's mm-hmm. other lives to get on with. And um, you know. We kind of settled into the new normal, haven't we? Yeah, it's the new normal. I tell you what is the new normal, Chris. Mm. Every month yeah. I bring out a new zine. I know, you're very busy. Yeah, called Wrestling Can Be Anything. Uh, the new issue came out today, Friday, May the 15th. So if you want a copy, go wow. on the Facebook group. Or if you don't mind spending an extra 50p because i have to pay fees uh, to paypal this way you can go to wrestlingcanbeanything.bigcartel.com and you can buy all three copies on that web store there you go uh, Very nice. and this issue has got uh the continuing stories of fighting opera hustle uh, the insane clown posse charles wright we get to uh Kama, the supreme fighting machine uh in this chapter and also bits on uh, Still Life with Apricots and Pears from uh, Chikara, wrestling's first openly non-binary champion. 
uh, and the deepest dive ever into Grunt the Wrestling Movie, um, which is a very funny film. And there's lots of facts about the film in my article, as well as because it's a, a thing that I've done, um, a description of the film itself. Yeah, I'm sure that's as long as the script of the film. Yeah. Um, very nice. Maybe I'll get round to reading one of these. They're on my desk. Yeah. Are they still using them as mouse mats? No, I'm not. I've moved. Uh, I've moved it. It's just stood up next to my Kindle and my Kurt Vonnegut memoir. That's right. Oh, get you. Get you. Well, get you. Quite the company you're keeping these days. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll get back together and record something about something. No doubt. No doubt. Um, if anybody has got anything in particular they'd like me and Alan to talk about then say yeah I'm gonna uh, do it. we'll we'll try and do it um I know we planned on we had intended on getting other people involved but that just never happened because it was difficult it's difficult scheduling I mean scheduling for me and Alan is enough of a pain in the ass yeah. like this is we did record for two hours on monday um and then we've just struggled to pin each other down for the rest of the week um and that also, is it's, it's also awkward adding a, a third or fourth person in over skype means lots of silences and no no you go yeah yeah there's a bit of that but there's a bit of that when it's just the two of us i guess um yeah, yeah. um and also like you know you just end up with people like joe Averton and it's <sighs> Brings the quality down. Joe Atherton, mate, he got Raven on his podcast. Yeah, he did get Raven. Yeah, that's a get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, well done, Joe. What's Raven got to say? I mean, I mean I'm sure Raven's got loads to say. I mean, I don't know because I don't listen to Joe's podcast. Well, it wasn't he? It's watched. You have to watch it on YouTube. So you have oh, to look, and it's. Uh, I don't want to look at that. It's torture, mate. Not Joe. That wasn't a dig at Joe. It was more Raven. I don't want to look at Raven. <laughs> right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. All right. Um, go on the Facebook group. Keep it positive. Let's have a positive, fun time. Like, yeah. even if you're being snarky, you can still be positive. Like, yeah. you know, even if you're slagging wrestling off, like, there's there's fun and, and jovial ways to do it. Um, let's brush off some of the bad stuff that's going on and yeah. keep spirits up by stay alert staying alert being pals looking out for each other and just generally having trying to find the fun find the fun guys find the fun <laughs> are you are you going to become a motivational speaker now i think i i think i would actually be quite good at being a motivational speaker Perhaps that's our next sideline. Mm, yeah. Pump, pumping people up. Love th- love thyself. LTS. Live, love, laugh. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Do go, yeah, do go on Facebook. Have, you know, be nice to each other. Um, and until next time, go to bed. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun.
Thank you.